Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Wednesday, May 27th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. We will probably learn more about PlayStation 5 next week. Take-Two SEC filings might be hinting at a Grand Theft Auto 6 release window. Maybe. Grain of salt there. Dead by Daylight is getting Silent Hill DLC. Street Fighter 5 is getting five new characters. And a Dragon Quest action RPG based on the popular Dragon Quest manga is coming to Japan. There may be a PlayStation 5 event next week. This is still firmly in the rumor camp, but it seems pretty likely that Sony will have some kind of event as early as next week to share some details about the PlayStation 5. Friend of the show, Jeff Grubb of VentureBeat, has been saying this for some time, and today Bloomberg's Jason Schreier and Takashi Mochizuki shared a story pointing to an event potentially taking place on June 3rd. Schreier and Mochizuki wrote, Sony Corporation is planning a digital event to showcase games for its next-generation PlayStation 5 that may take place as early as next week, according to people with direct knowledge of the matter. The virtual event could be held June 3rd, though some people also cautioned that plans have been in flux and that the date may change. Other PlayStation 5 events may follow in the coming weeks and months, And Sony is not expecting to reveal every essential detail on the console during its first presentation. Schreier was quick to tweet when sharing the story. Got to include the now standard caveat that plans can change abruptly during a pandemic, but this date is more firm than previous rumors. But with all that being said, my high hopes for this potential presentation is that we learn the price that we see what the PlayStation 5 console actually looks like and that we get to see at least you know, a few big games for it, like the rumored Horizon Zero Dawn 2. My realistic expectation is that we won't learn about the price and we won't see a ton of genuine PS5 games because I'm sure Sony wants to keep the runway a little clear for Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima. But I bet we will see what the console will look like, which will be cool. Take-Two SEC filing hints at potential Grand Theft Auto 6 release window. Grand Theft Auto 6 is not a game that has been announced. There is no confirmation that it is Rockstar's next big project, but considering how long it's been since the release of Grand Theft Auto 5 and how absurdly successful the game continues to be after all these years, it's fairly safe to assume that Rockstar is working on a new GTA, and a recent filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission points to a potential window where it might be releasing, you know, if they're working on it, which I'm sure they are. Jeff Grubb reported on the story for VentureBeat, writing, Take-Two expects to spend $89 million on marketing during the 12-month period ending March 31st, 2024. 
That is more than twice the marketing budget for any other fiscal year over the next half decade, according to the company's recent 10K SEC filing. Why is Take-Two planning to spend that much more on marketing in fiscal 2024? One of the most likely explanations is that it is when the publisher expects to release Grand Theft Auto 6, according to analyst Jeff Cohen of investment firm Stevens. Each year, Take-Two files a 10K with numerous financial details, including its plans for marketing spend for each year for the next five years. In its previous 10K, Take-Two notified investors of a spike in marketing costs for fiscal 2023, but that spending has now shifted to fiscal 2024. This movement in spending likely reflects developer Rockstar Games' current plans for the release of Grand Theft Auto 6. 2023 feels about right for a new Grand Theft Auto. The upcoming generation of consoles will, in theory, be established by that point. But I think the big thing is that there is really no rush to get a new Grand Theft Auto out the door. Red Dead Redemption 2 is only about a year and a half old, so Rockstar has a fairly recent game out in the wild. But also, Grand Theft Auto continues to just sell remarkably well. It has built a permanent home on the list of NPD's top-selling games every month, and Grand Theft Auto Online is still a destination for millions of players. A new Grand Theft Auto would really only serve to undercut the success Grand Theft Auto V continues to enjoy. Despite all that, and understanding that I will be waiting for a while, I am very excited to play a new Grand Theft Auto. Rockstar is among the best storytellers in the game industry, and when it releases new games, it really truly feels like an event. I really don't have any idea what to expect for a new entry, but I think it would be fun to make something that takes place in a different era and in a place that isn't based on New York or California. Maybe a place with seasons, you know, somewhere in the Midwest. Just throwing that out there. Silent Hill 3's protagonist and Pyramid Head are coming to Dead by Daylight. The future of Silent Hill is rife with rumors. There might be a reboot in the works with some of the original creators. Hideo Kojima might be working on something, effectively resurfacing Silent Hills, which seems really unlikely. And I think I even read about another remake of the original Silent Hill being in the works at some point. It's all hazy and unclear, but there is at least one Silent Hill thing that has been fully confirmed, and it's pretty exciting. Dead by Daylight, a well-liked video game version of a teen slasher horror film, is getting official Silent Hill DLC. Silent Hill 3's protagonist, who goes by both Heather and Cheryl, will be playable, alongside Pyramid Head, and a new level, Midwich Elementary School, will be added to the game next month. Dead by Daylight has managed to secure a lot of impressive DLC and guest characters from properties like Stranger Things, The Evil Dead, The Texas Chainsaw Massacres, and the Scream movie series. But this DLC is particularly exciting because, in an admittedly small way, it shows that Konami does in fact remember Silent Hill. The trailer for the DLC, which is linked in the show notes, is some of the first official Silent Hill anything we've seen in years. It is awesome and horrifying to see Pyramid Head walking down the hallway of a school as the iconic Silent Hill alarms blare and the world shifts to the dark, twisted version, you know, that it is is prone to do in Silent Hill. And then when the soundtrack 
from the game bleeds in at the end. It's just cool and exciting. It makes me hopeful for the future of Silent Hill. We're way overdue for a new entry. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Street Fighter's next and final season will add three new stages and five new fighters. Capcom announced details for Street Fighter V's next season update, which will apparently be its final season, and it will be adding a handful of new characters, which, when it comes to fighting games, that's the most exciting kind of update. In a blog post on the Capcom Unity blog, the Street Fighter V development team wrote, We know our players are wondering what's next for Street Fighter V, so we have some exciting news to share. Due to the positive reception to Season 4 and Champion Edition, we are planning to do a final season V, which will add Roman numeral 5, more characters to the roster. Three new stages are also being planned. That's all for now, but we'll be back later this summer to share more details regarding the new content coming to Street Fighter V. For now, please continue enjoying everything included in Champion Edition. Stay safe and thank you again for all the support. The blog also announced a costume design contest for the game where artists can design and submit costumes for any of the 40 characters in the game and submit them by July 21st to see them potentially be added in an update. Street Fighter V had a rough launch because even though the core combat was there and done well, the larger game just lacked content. It has certainly beefed up its content offering significantly over the years, but the game never quite reached the same heights as Street Fighter IV a game that not only reinvigorated the Street Fighter series, but also the fighting game genre. Square Enix announces Infinity Strash. No, that's not a typo, nor did I misspeak. Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, an action RPG. Before I dive into this any further, it's important to note that right now the game is only confirmed for Japan, no confirmation of a North American release yet, but I am pretty confident this will make it over for a few reasons. For one, Dragon Quest has slowly been growing in popularity. It seems like Dragon Quest Eleven, especially on Switch, did pretty well. The Builders series has been localized, as well as Heroes, the Dynasty Warriors-style games. Eleven was localized quickly, and there was even the mobile game 
that released in the last few months. Dragon Quest is still nowhere near as popular as it is in Japan, but people do seem to be discovering the series over here in North America. The other reason I think it will be localized is because it is an action RPG, which we're big fans of here in North America. It's the main reason I'm excited for it. I like Akira Toriyama's art style and have always been interested in the series, but I just I don't love turn-based games. I am playing Eleven right now and making very slow progress. I only recently saw the game's title screen, but this looks way more up my alley. The other weird wrinkle for this game is Dai, D-A-I, is actually an established Dragon Quest character. He is the protagonist of the Dragon Quest Shonen Jump manga series, appropriately titled The Adventure of Dai, which was also adapted into an anime in the early 90s. It is one of Shonen Jump's most successful mangas ever. Dai showed up in the fighting game, Jump Force, but otherwise hasn't really appeared in any games. The game is planned for a 2021 release, and I have my fingers crossed for a U.S. release. You can check out the Japanese trailer in the show notes where Dai spends a lot of time fighting a guy with a mustache. Here's what released today. Fantasy Star Online 2 is out today on PC, specifically on the Windows 10 store, which is a weird bit of exclusivity, but that game's exclusivity has been weird since day one. The game has been out in Japan on PC since 2012, and it released for various platforms in Japan over the years, like PlayStation 4, Vita, and even Switch in 2018, but the first time it was ever seen in North America was on April 14th of this year. It is certainly a series that has its devoted fans. I think the original was the first true MMO on consoles when it released on Dreamcast, but I could be wrong about that. And though I've never played it myself, I had multiple friends who were absolutely enamored with it. Its North American release just feels very late at this point, but I am happy that it exists. Reki, spelled R-E-K-Y, is out on Steam today. It's a puzzle game that looks a little reminiscent of the mobile game Monument Valley. Its description on Steam reads, Fresh technical drawing aesthetics meet elegantly designed logic challenges in this minimalist puzzle game with just a dash of color. And color is spelled with a U, so you know it's fancy. There's a link to the game in the show notes, which is something I'm going to try to do in general when I talk about new release games like this. Also out today is the Final Fantasy VII Remake soundtrack, which includes more than eight hours of music across its 156 tracks. The soundtrack in Final Fantasy VII Remake is seriously one of its best features. I'm surprised the soundtrack wasn't available on day one, but I'm glad it's here. I'm really not nostalgic for the music in Final Fantasy VII, and even as a newcomer, it was hard not to just be totally engrossed by the music of that game. That's it for gaming news today. I played a few hours of Maneater over the weekend and enjoyed it quite a bit. Games like that that hone in on a specific, often silly, arcadey idea, in this case, playing as a shark that eats everything in sight, can sometimes wear out their welcome quickly. It's fun to be a shark for a few minutes, but, you know, it might not necessarily work for a whole game. And that may be the case in the long run, but I thought there was actually a pretty compelling trajectory of growth in what I played. You level up and literally grow larger as you consume, and new areas open up as you get stronger. I like what I played and got more into the RPG angle of the whole thing 
uh, more than I thought I would. I want to play more. I also played a bunch of Minecraft dungeons last night with my kid, and I really just had a great time. I generally don't like Diablo-esque games. I don't really get excited about collecting loot, but here it's really simplified enough in Minecraft dungeons that I don't feel like I was rooting around in the menus and inventory too long, which is where I usually get annoyed with those kinds of games. Also, it was just a lot of fun to play with my kid, who plays a lot of Minecraft proper, and to see her get excited about all the little Minecraft things in the game and explain to me what everything is was just a lot of fun. I have always been hesitant about Minecraft dungeons, feeling like it was a weird spin-off direction to go with Minecraft, but it really didn't take me long at all to embrace it. I definitely want to play more with my kid. It's a great co-op game for younger players. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyleridehome.info, and please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now, and you can find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about The Last of Us Part 2 and other video games tomorrow.